Hi, welcome to Sustain Talks. Today I'm joined by Devi Verdi, Group Head of Diversity and Inclusion at Centrica, and someone that I know very well. We've worked together over the years, and um, yeah, it's really, really good to see you and great to have you here. How are you? I'm well, Sam. Thank you so much. Really lovely to be here as well. And, and yeah. great to see you after, after actually quite some time. I know. I know it's been far too long. But I am um, accidentally, we're both rocking the Centrica colours today, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. Um, but look, I know you, but please, please share with my audience your experience and background. Really delighted to be here today, Sam. Thanks so much. Um, and just thank you for the opportunity for having me here. Um, and I guess so. a bit about myself. Um, so I think it'd be a good opportunity to start sharing, um, you know, where I've come from professionally, right? And then I can share who I am personally. So professionally, I've been in the hospitality industry, travel tech sector, where Sam and I connected. Um, so I've been in that space for ooh, over 25 years both in HR and in commercial leadership roles. So I've had a number of years of sort of experiencing building out right um, within the sector across various markets, working for brands such as Marriott and then all the way to Accor Hotels, worked for a tier one European travel tech company where I was MD for Northern Europe. And then really more recently pivoting and moving into the nonprofit sector with women in hospitality travel tech as their group head of DNI, um, and then really supporting and building out DNI strategies from scratch. So something that I've got to say I'm incredibly proud of. Um, on a personal note, you know, I, I grew up in Hong Kong, so I'm originally from there. And, you know, there, there was a mantra in my family home, right, um, which is something that I still live by today and very much bring it into my own household, my children, um, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Um, and it was led by a very fiercely proud Asian mother who really wanted, you know, Sam, her four children um, to just have empathy for others, right? Um, and actually leave the world a better place, right? And actually, it's, it's a mantra that has served as my personal North Star. Um, you know, it's guided all my decisions and choices, right, both big and small. And I would say, actually, because of who my mother was, right, with her beliefs, and actually what she dreamed was possible, she never asked anyone for permission, right. And so she showed us what the power of action was, and what it truly meant to break down barriers, really. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's a bit about who I am, and, you know, professionally as well. Yeah. And for you in your role now, what mm. does diversity, equity, inclusion mean to you and also to Centrica? Oh, that's a great question. So from if I take it from a Centrica lens right now, actually. So, you know, our vision within Centrica um, is that we, we really want everybody, right? Every person. It's about using their diverse, unique experience, right, and their backgrounds to effectively spark solutions, right? It's about creating a better colleague and a customer experience within a sustainable world. And very much so, I think, as an organization, we really believe that an inclusive workplace, inclusive products and services are absolutely central to achieving that vision. Um, for me personally, you know, what does diversity and inclusion mean? I think that's a, that's a really interesting question um i would definitely say for me you look by definition inclusion is the fundamental cornerstone um of of 
of, of a DNA of an organization of my own self-belief. And I think, you know, when you've been in an environment where perhaps you grew up and um, you've ever felt the fear of rejection, right? The, the reality of exclusion, not fitting in. Um, having had that, you know, all those sort of ideas are incredibly real to me. Um, and what do I mean by that? Well, I guess to take it back a step further, um, I still remember the feeling of sitting in a classroom as a young child, you know, with everybody chatting away in English, right? And I hardly understood a word because I grew up in a multi-generational home that spoke Cantonese and Punjabi. And actually I had a look, you know, I had low self-esteem. And, and so I didn't have a lot of friends at school. Um, I shied away from drawing attention, right, to myself in class. And frankly, my grades reflected this and, and my anxiety level, right? Um, so my parents subsequently at, at some point further down the line realized that I needed support and things did improve. But actually that, again, that fear of rejection, that reality of, of exclusion, um, it was very real to me. And actually I've got to say, I'm not alone in having those type of experiences, right? And actually countless people, Sam, you know, around the world, you know, they have a level of exclusion every single day, right? And whether it's due to your skin color, whether it's your gender, whether it's your accent, right? Your age, your nationality, right? Any one of those range of differences um, that makes each one of us, you know, incredibly unique, right? Yeah. For me, exclusion, Sam, it saps confidence, right? Um, it undermines dreams, right? And actually it keeps too many talented people living, you know, up to their full of potential. So, yeah. and I'm a big believer, right? Experiencing inclusion can stay with you for a lifetime and actually costs can be incredibly huge. Um, and actually, personally, I work incredibly hard to fight, you know, through the challenges I had as a child. Um, and I'm really proud that I've taken advantage of the opportunities that offered to me. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's what it means to me. Right. It is incredibly real to me on an everyday basis. And it's important that, you know, um, I'm in an environment where I am also able to support my colleagues. Right. Um, and actually celebrate, you know, the differences of, of everybody, because actually our diversity makes us better humans right at the end of the day yeah but you you know you've what well, I've seen you work very very hard to get to where you are mm. and you know to open those doors for yourself and that's mm. like that's not easy for everyone so being in a position in your organization now where yeah. you can help people to do that mm. and sit, maybe maybe they, they don't see those roads but you mm. can help them get there mm. um at Centrica it's very very I well I assume it's now dominated right um being the type of business it is how it's, do you change something like that it's interesting right it's actually interesting what you said um you know when when you're sort of when you have that level of influence right and I guess I'm a passionate believer that actually we're all in positions of influence, right? Where we can be part of positive change, right? But I've seen the value that this can, can bring to organizations. So even from a minor level, right? So when you're talking about just implementing things differently, you know, learn to look and, and try new ways, think about the biases, right? How do you mitigate that? Just seeing the impact this has and actually that, that ROI, so that return on investment, you know, that little investment that was put in 
what it means for the organization and how it can drive value, which is far beyond a P&L, right? Mm. And it's not only it is the right thing to do, but when you see it impacting in the green and, you know, people in organizations react to this, but this is what gets me up every day, right? And that's actually for, you know, my children who will go into a world where people actually are celebrated for their differences, right? Because it goes back to that piece, you know, our, our diversity is our strength. And actually there's, there is so much evidence out there, right? You know, when you talk about, you know, what comes first in, in an organization, is it diversity or is it inclusion, right? Well, actually diverse teams drive better performance. They d- drive better progress, right? They're more agile. They have high engagement and productivity and all this is important, right? But actually what's more important is about doing the right thing. Mm. And I think it's so critical that people feel comfortable in their own skin, right? I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, you've got to give equal opportunity to progress in any environment and community, right? Um, and actually for Centrica, so this is the key, right? Inclusion is an absolute key differentiator here, right? It's about, for us as an organization, it's about behaviors, it's about values, and it's about how those values actually manifest themselves, right? You know, through through leadership. So from top down, and now really, you know, for us, it's looking at that bottom up piece, it's bringing the both together. And I think without a, a workplace of inclusion, right? Actually, diversity is really doomed to fail. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it because then colleagues don't feel safe, right? To share and be transparent, um, you know, and they don't feel that they can bring their their best selves to work, right? You know, and when it comes to creating, you know, Sam, an environment where um, of inclusion, the reality is an organization, you're either leading the way or you're getting in the way. Neutral just doesn't exist, right? Yeah. And actually everyone wants to be in a workplace where they're just valued and they're respected, right? They want to be able to go to work in, in that type of environment. So inclusion actually for us as a business, it's not an optional extra, right? Actually, it's the key to driving better diversity. Um, and I've got to say, I'm incredibly proud to work for a company, you know, that, that knows its purpose um, and recognizes that everyone's voice matters, right? Um, and actually wants to build an inclusive um, and a diverse workplace because business success requires this yeah um I, I I totally agree and it has to come from the top but I like mm. the way that you talk about that bottom up as well yeah and you know for you coming into a company like that um I I guess you have to change a lot of people's um ways and mm. having those kind of conversations about religion about mm. politics about sexual orientation mm race that's mm. going to be quite so there's going to be a lot of companies out there that don't know how to approach those kind of conversations with you know people that they're not used to having these conversations so mm. how do you do that really great question I think you know something that I think that Centrica is incredibly privileged to have right is we currently have just over six in colleague-led networks. So basically, some some of your viewers may may know of them as uh, employee uh, resource groups or ERGs. At Centrica, we call them colleague-led networks. Right? We have networks ranging from our Centrica Women's Network, Carers Network, our Forces Network, our network for working parents, our network for our you know our diverse colleagues right our uh, networks for our lgbtq plus colleagues so really sort of a multitude of you know um networks where 
you know, individuals across the business, and we've got, you know, in excess of sort of six or seven different business units, that where they're seeking for support, where they're seeking for, you know, understanding, and, and there's a genuine affinity, you know, these networks are really there, right, to A, there's a genuine um, empathy, right, so this is where you have the opportunity to, to, to be open, right, they, they support with resources, with sort of learning, awareness, um, you know, and I think it's, it goes back to that foundation of when you talk about how do you build an inclusive workplace environment, right? And actually, these are the fundamental building blocks when you talk about building a culture of inclusion. And actually, it's one of our core pillars right now that we're looking to achieve. The fact that we have, you know, in excess of six colleague-led networks, it supports all our colleagues' day-to-day's requirements, right, from actually having these type of dialogues. So, for example, if I give you an example, you know, Voice, which is our network that really supports our um, ethnic diverse colleagues, right, you know, during Black History Month, they will talk about topics with regards to race, right, what it means to have, you know, trying to get comfortable with these uncomfortable topics for some of our colleagues, which is about, you know, what does racism mean, right? How do you how do you make sure that you understand what the topics of microaggression, right? How do you be an ally, right, yeah. in the space, right? How do you come together? And, you know, for us, it's, it's ultimately, it's about as a person, right? How can you make a difference? Well, actually, there's three things, right? Um, show up. So actually show up to these conversations because the reality is they're going to be uncomfortable, right? There's also a piece Sam, about educating oneself, right? Yeah. And actually also contribute to the learning and learning, right? It's part of growing, right? So if you're going to bring in these topics of, of conversation. Second bit is about speak up, all right? So speak up to challenge, which also means if you're going to make a statement, make sure you've got some key you know, points, right? Data points, actually. And also if you see something that's wrong, say something, Yeah. right? Because actually, you know, in, in the whole piece about allyship, being a bystander is, is even worse, right? Yeah. And then finally, stand up. So genuinely stand up for what's right. And it, you know, we, we sort of really promote, you know, the, the, a whole piece about psychological safety. So don't be afraid to be controversial. Yeah. Right. Within our organization. Right. So stand up. If you believe it's right, stand up and don't be afraid to be controversial. Um, And this is where the support of the colleague networks and line managers actually is really critical um, to have these type of dialogues. And I guess, you know, if I think about last year, um, you know, some of the works that actually our networks have done, you know, our our spectrum, our LGBT plus network, you know, they brought out um, working with our legal team, working with our wider HR team you know, guidelines to really support colleagues who are transitioning, right, you know, within the workplace. I mean, that's fundamentally for me so incredibly forward. Secondly, you know, with our well-being um, uh, team, you know, we also supported, you know, bringing in our menopause guidelines, right? So meaning that actually line managers have a better understanding of what it means when your colleagues are going through such a such a pivotal moment, right, in, in their their time, their lifetime. How do you, how can you support as a line manager? What does it mean to you, you know, as an individual going through this? And actually, even on the flip side, you know, the great thing is when you've got leaders who really, you know, elevate this, right? Elevate the topics, right? Whether it's through town hall conversations where we have our central leadership team who really share, who really bring this to the platform. And this is all part of how 
you start bringing some of these topics right to the forefront um that yeah. really is about you know the power of inclusion at the end of the day yeah i i have to say at this point i watched your amazing ceo chris o'shea speak mm. about menopause and mm. you know to have a leader like that mm. talking about a conversation that you know it was a bit taboo before mm-hmm. to have those kind of conversations mm-hmm. it honestly that is what leadership looks like mm. must mm. be amazing working with somebody like that Sam I, I feel incredibly privileged to to be working you know with with Chris uh with Jill who's our chief people officer with the wider Centrica leadership team right you know and 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 why because actually so Chris for me um Chris and Jill and the wider you know leadership team they are incredibly authentic right they don't just believe that it's about you know and definitely for him it's not just the right thing to do right it is also essential for our business right because it's about supporting our customers it's about supporting our colleagues right and actually you know as as a as a leadership team they recognize that actually we need the best team right in order to to do the best work right and that what does that mean that means we've got to have a diverse mix of people and skills because ultimately you know those individuals can then not only understand, you can deliver for our customers, but actually going back to the, your point about, you know, Chris and him speaking about, you know, menopause, you're absolutely right. You know, there aren't many leaders um, who, will, who will go on LinkedIn and just be as authentic, yeah. you know, as oneself as he is. And for me, that demonstrates, you know, what authentic leadership is in my books, right? Um, and with that, I, I feel incredibly privileged to, to, to be working alongside him and, and the wider leadership team. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really great. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, equality and equal pay, hmm. because I still think that there, um, you know, it's, it, it, there's still some struggles. It might be that um, maybe if somebody's gone to, off to have a baby and then they've come back and they haven't got the same opportunities and especially you know just been through two years of COVID with a lot of redundancies and people are trying to find their way back into work mm. what what are your views on equal pay and you know how how do you think companies can can manage that so if I if I share it from our business lens right right now I think um from from a centrica lens so you know I, th- I think actually um we we currently uphold well equal pay it's a legal requirement right in the uk and and actually we do just that um and you know for us so if you look at our equal pay and we're actually just about to publish our 2021 um pay gap right so both gender pay gap and actually our ethnicity pay gap and it's something that obviously for us it's incredibly important to be transparent it's about holding ourselves accountable sam right within this space um, you know, we, when comparing actually pay across equivalent roles, because that's what equal pay is, you know, we actually have a negligible gap, which then demonstrates that actually we pay our colleagues fairly. Yeah. Um, and so for us, I think, you know, and we use the Hey Job evaluation methodology, right? It's about standardizing job grading. And so we run equal pay audits amongst, you know, um, those and other activities annually, right? And it's, it's incredibly important 
to make sure that for us that's that's there but i think as a sector i think we also do have you know what i would say a, lo a long way to go right um you know we we we've got a big pay gap itself to tackle right but we are actually as an organization we need to tackle stereotypes right and yeah. actually you know and what i mean by that is, is as a business um you know we have quite a, a large workforce which is heavily with that you know if i shared with you you know right now um if i looked at our engineering population mm. two percent of our engineers are women mm. right two percent yeah. Yeah. And so if for us, it's more about how do you inspire, right, um, those underrepresented groups, right, Sam? So yeah. going back to, you know, women, right, to be the engineers of tomorrow, yeah. right? And and then actually, so whilst our, our gap isn't materially, you know, impacted by us having less women, you know, than we'd like, let's say, in our senior leadership, right, and, and wider team, we know we have to work really hard, you know, to change the, that engineering space right because it's about really then supporting you know reflecting the the wider diversity of our communities right and look you know it is going to be a challenge it is it is definitely that's something that's going to take time it's not something that's going to be a quick fix right um you know i think yes whilst we have the gap because we've got you know women more in highly skilled you know men sorry in highly skilled and and sort of those well-paid engineering jobs it's more about how do we bring in you know more women into the space right yeah. um it's a longer term huge you, know, you have to start from the very young age of yeah inspiring younger children yeah to see that yeah. as as an option yeah so these are some of the works that we've done, you know, over the last couple of years where we've been working with charities like, um, for example, with Tech She Can, right? So really going into schools and really sort of, you know, sharing with them the role models, right? The, the sort of female role models in our organization. And what does it mean to young children when they, can they inspire? Do they look up and see that actually engineering, you know, roles in technology, you know, so really the STEM subjects, right? And an area that really that they can pivot towards. And I think that's so important. Mm. Um, you know, I think, it, and also I think, you know, one of the things is when you, when you look at it, actually, um, I think we realize that as a UK sort of largest field force employer, right? Of, of basically heating installers and service and, and repair engineers, you know, we knew that we weren't doing enough to overturn, right? Um, you know, I'm talking two years ago, these long-standing stereotypes, right? That, that yeah. shaped the type of jobs people typically do. And actually, if we didn't face up to this and help address it, then we wouldn't also be able to close our own pay gap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've joined forces with the alliances like, in fact, last year with the Powerful Women Energy Leaders Coalition that Chris is part of. So, you know, as part of a CEO led coalition, it's really about working together and tackling this issue as a sector. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the I mean, obviously, the last few years has been difficult. Mm -hmm. um, a lot has come to light about diversity and inclusion. And you know, it's, it's, we are starting to see things change, but do you think it's enough? And do you think it's going quick enough? What, what do you think about the changes that are taking place? It's interesting you say that. Um, 
I think, um, look, I, I guess to, sh to sort of go back a bit, 2020, right? Because it is that far back, right? Frankly, was a year like no other. Um, I think it goes without saying that COVID-19, right, has brought tremendous change, right? It's And it's brought upheaval into all our work lives, right? But exactly that, another major change of that year was about increasing the push to prioritize, right? Um, inclusion, diversity within the workspace, right? And look, actually, Sam, one thing I will definitely say, inclusion is a tough and it's a complex journey, actually, with truths that we still don't face, right? And let, let's be honest, we are really uncomfortable with the truth that we're really uncomfortable, right, with difference. Yeah. Right. And but in society and actually in business, we need to own that truth. Right. Because that's that's part of being human. And because if we don't own it, frankly, we're not going to get over it. Yeah. And actually, the best thing for me about just just being, you know, a human is the one thing that we have in common. Look, we are all different, right? Um, and I think if I if I think back to your question is, are we moving things fast enough? What's really interesting is actually um, through this, the last two years, right? And this devastating time, right? Um, of course, the idea that, you know, injustices, you know, inequalities are wrong, right? And change is needed. It's nothing new, but actually the shift that I have seen it's been phenomenal, right? Um, and it's now an absolute expectation that they have to be corrected. Yeah. It's, it's not in the future through sort of slow, considered change, but it's about right now. It's about through fast, accelerated change, right? Um, and, and these expectations are incredibly powerful and magnetic. I mean, I see it, I've seen it in our own organization, right? It's about how are we making sure that you know, we're driving this across all our business units and that we're also challenging, right, our leaders throughout the organization, right? And look, you know, tragic events such as, you know, the deaths that took place in the US, which triggered that entire global response and yeah. put Black Lives Matter, you know, you know, that the movement at the center of the world stage, Sam, you know, and also the realization that actually mental health and well-being, right, yeah. it's a tangible issue, you know, these have been absolute powerful undercurrents right that completely contributed to amplifying genuine expectations of organizations mm. um so it is incredibly real and actually the pace of where we are now in the space it's accelerating and it, and it's going to continue to do so because the expectations of society are yeah. um and as well as you know you've got talent coming in the door right who are of a younger generation who are also you know it's an absolute given for them, right? That they want to make sure that they're walking into a workspace, that they see representation, they see the diversity, right? Um, things have really changed monumentally, you know, over the last two years and for all the right reasons. But I'm also, you know, I, I'm also in, in that sort of somewhat, um, you know, I, I guess my idea is that we've still got a long way to go, right? So we're there, but we've still got a, a long way to go. Some sectors are ahead of others, right? Um, you know, having come into the energy sector, look, I think there's definite movement that we need to continue to driving, you know, particularly on the gender piece, but I think you cannot forget everything else, right? Because it's not just about, you know, um, our, our woman talent, it's everything else that goes alongside with it. And I think, you know, you show up 
not just as a female, you show up as a mother, right? I show up as an Asian per a, a woman, right? So there's all the other intersectionalities that I bring to the table. And I want to make sure, you know, my, my employer recognizes that. Yeah, I definitely uh, have seen from the conversations that I have, I have a lot of these kind of conversations and the mm. businesses are making it a priority. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is still a long way to go. Mm. What yeah. would your advice be for a company that, you know, there's still a lot of companies that haven't tackled this at all. And if they were going to start somewhere, what would your advice be for them to say, you know, let's get diversity and inclusion on the table how where should they start that's a great question um i think you know if you if you're going to start somewhere um i think as a as a first point listen listen to your colleagues listen to your employees right understand what is actually happening within the organization i think i think that is where um that that is absolutely key right You've got to know um, what, what is your, what, what are your colleagues feeling, right? You know, because actually without a culture of inclusion, right? If your colleagues don't feel safe to share and be transparent, you know, you're not going to be able to bring in that diversity that you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. I think secondly, if you're, if, you're, if you're sort of at a starting point is take the ownership, right? Commitment has to start, right, with leadership, right? Um, and actually, I believe inclusive culture and actually inclusive leadership, they're intrinsically linked, oh. right? Um, and if you're looking to ingrain inclusion within, within an organization's DNA, it starts with commitment from the leadership team. It's about setting the right tone because that yeah. gains momentum quickly, right? Um, and it also builds an environment where everyone can then excel. You can speak truth to power. Right, then you can make those long chain, your long-term sort of commitments, right? Whatever that looks like in your organization, regardless of how big or small your organization is, Sam, right? You could be in a startup environment and you could still do this. You could be in a FTSE organization and you could still do this. But mm -hmm. your starting point is about listening to your colleagues. It's understanding, you know, where are the challenges in your business? What does that look like? Right. And what are the key points that your your colleagues want you to really start acting on? So it's, it's like, you know, taking a health check, right? And you've got to look at the internal organ, organs of your business and go, right, where does the work come into play? Mm -hmm. And once you're able to start looking at that, tackling that, then it's about the external piece. And the external piece is that customer piece, because actually that's where diversity and inclusion is completely linked. It always goes back towards your customer, yeah. right? Because ultimately, you know, it's about making the right choices to support your business at the end of the day, because it makes great business sense, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the work for any organization, it exists. Why? Because actually exclusion has been, you've, you've allowed exclusion to happen, right? Um, and actually lack of commitment and being vague is actually part of the reason we're in this position in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So, so well said and so mm. important. Um, oh, we're going to finish now and I always finish this uh, on this question. But um, who inspires you? Wow. Um, I think that's quite an easy question for me, Sam. Um, actually, my mother has always been a, you know, she's been a strong female role model um, in my life. You know, she's one of the people that's always encouraged me to speak up. 
um, explore my interest, right? And that, that included a very young age when I left home at 18 to travel, go abroad to study, right, in Australia. And then when I arrived in the UK, um, she supported me, you know, as I sort of took risks and really pursued new opportunities, right? And actually having that honest sounding board um, at every step of my personal and professional journey has been incredibly important to me. Um, and she, you know, she taught me, look, never to be afraid to be the first, but actually always make sure you're not the last, right? Um, and I say that because she was, you know, she was the first Asian Sikh woman in the Hong Kong police force, right, in the 70s. Wow. So, you know, she's she's a change maker and she really taught me what the power of action is. Yeah. So she's my role model, Sam. Wow. What a woman. Um, Terry, you are somebody that inspires me. I knew this would be a great conversation and we are so thrilled that you're going to be joining us at the Responsible Futures Conference uh, and sharing more. But um, thank you for now so much for your time. This has been such a great conversation and I hope that companies can learn from what you've shared and uh, really appreciate you and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Sam. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks, everyone. Thank